Welcome back to Detroit Strange. The podcast you're listening to. Currently. That's mm-hmm. Jess over there. And that's Alex. Episode 69. Uh, oh. <laughs> Insert stupid comment here. Yeah. We're one away from 70. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly what I think of. Let's address the elephant in the room. I am getting over being sick, so my voice sounds a little weird. It's okay. You just, you know what? It sounds tired. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking of elephant, Cher saved an elephant in Pakistan. What does that mean? (laughs) There was like this apparently this really lonely elephant that was being mistreated in Pakistan. And Cher's like, not on my watch. Oh my gosh. And got this like elephant rescued. And then she sang. there was a video on CNN of her singing uh, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes to it. I'm like, Cher, we do not deserve you. You are too good for this world. Out here saving uh, elephants. What? I. So wait, where where's the elephant now? Like, where I is it now? I think it's going now? to Cambodia. Oh. Yeah. That is so sweet. Yeah. Elephants have so many feelings, it's making me, like, have more feelings, too, I think. Because they're, like, one of the animals that's, like, very expressive with their emotions from what I... Oh, yeah. Understood. Yeah. This chair is just, like, not on today. I am going to save this elephant. Oh, that's so genuinely adorable. Right? Sweet. Uh, If you don't love Cher, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I never had feelings like against for sure. I never was a like huge fan or anything before. Uh-huh. I enjoyed share in the past, but since knowing you, I have a new appreciation every day. You know, I just share. I'm out here just spread the word of share, the gospel, the gospel of share. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Um, I'm sure you haven't been up to much because you've been sick with the sick yeah i like i'm pretty sure what happened was i got the flu because i had a week of just like fever shivers chills aches you know all the fun stuff Mm -hmm. uh and then as soon as i got over that i caught strep throat for a week and then had that for almost a week before i got antibiotics and i'm on antibiotics which is helping but Mm -hmm. it has been not a fun two weeks yeah um this sounds terrible. thanksgiving is the worst holiday to have strep throat for i can see that although i mean this year's weird anyway so yeah there's that yeah so at least it wasn't like yeah a year where i don't know i'm just i'm just trying i'm sorry just, no you're good you're good it's just it was hard to enjoy food and so yeah. I've mostly been subsisting off of um pudding cups uh and soup. Mm-hmm. I recently threw applesauce into the mix. A lot of diet burners. I made applesauce yesterday. I was very excited. Oh, I thought of you because you made applesauce at some point. Yes. I think it was after our cider mill trip. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it's kind of my new favorite use for like apples that are, they're not bad yet, but they don't look as appealing to just right, eat. Right, right. Just throw them in a crock pot with some water and some spices, some sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty good applesauce. I didn't put sugar in it either. Oh, nice. I'm a I'm an apple purist when it comes to applesauce. I wanted to be, but then I put like not as much sugar in one time and it wasn't as good. I put mm-hmm. fireball in mine once though. That was pretty good. Um, that could be fun. You should also try um, maple syrup. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That can be a really good sweetener in like apple or pumpkin related things instead of sugar. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like a little earthier. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And this has been Cooking Tips with Jess. Yes. <laughs> it's also the holiday season. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's like the one that gets stuck in my head the most. I don't know why. Interesting. Again, a purist. I get Last Christmas in my head. Solid song. I am okay with it, to be honest. I know some people Which have gotten version? sick Which of it. Which version? Is it the Wham version? 
the Wham version, yeah. Okay, good, good, What's good. the other version? There's another one? I don't know. There's been a lot of covers of it. Oh, they don't count. I yeah, I dismissed them I love immediately. the Wham version. Yeah. I did. There was um a Benny Benassi remix, which was pretty good. He's an Italian DJ. Okay. I just, he did that Satisfaction song. Okay. Push me, and then just touch me until I get my satisfaction. It's popular in like the 2000s. Okay, it sounds vaguely familiar. I went through a real hard techno phase for a couple of years there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I never, um, I've never been like opposed to it, but I definitely never really got into any of it. You should talk to Lisa though. Ooh. Yeah, Lisa, my roommate. Uh, yes. Friend of the show. <laughs> yes. If you ever need to talk techno. Okay. Talk Good to Lisa. To know. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to in the land of the living? Well, here's the thing. Um, not much. There's still not much going on. Uh, I did attempt to do <laughs> a virtual video shoot with people where we're trying to make it not look like Zoom. How'd that go? Not sure yet. <laughs> Fun. That was like my big thing over the weekend, probably. We did, uh, Lisa and I did both have some foods. We combined forces, made a little spread. I saw on Instagram. It looked really good. Yes, I did put an Enya post out uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with my spread. I appreciated that. It just, it was what was in my heart. And other than that, there's, I feel very lame, but there's really not much going on. It's a chill time of year. Yeah, I mean, there was a full moon last night. Ooh. I couldn't find it in the sky, but I wanted to look at it. Nice. Because there was also a lunar eclipse. Ah. Uh, but couldn't find it. Damn. Yeah. Um. Watched a lot of Gossip Girl. Ooh, XOXO Gossip Girl. Yeah, I didn't realize. I've never seen the end of that series. Um, Does it end with her going to Paris? No. Okay. Was that even an option? Am I thinking of a different show? I mean, they go to Paris like a million times in that show, but no. Then the last, last scene, (laughs) my most favorite scene I think I've ever seen on television because it's ridiculous because Dan's dad is all of a sudden married to Lisa Loeb, which Uh is very random. Uh, And then, I don't know, the other people are there too. Some other people are there. And then Serena comes down in a gold and white dress and her and Dan get married at Blair's house for some reason. Uh-huh. And that's the last scene. XOXO Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I would say spoiler alert, but also that happened like five years ago. So or right. more. Like, I don't you, know. What you- <laughs> right. If you haven't seen the end of Gossip Girl, did you even want to watch it? I don't think so. Yeah. I knew who the gossip girl was, like I'd heard that, but I think I had stopped watching. I don't think I watched like me? any of the last season. Was I the was gossip you. girl? Oh my god. It was you. Wait, do you not know who the gossip girl was? I've never seen it. Oh. I don't okay. know. It's interesting. Did you ever watch the series You? No. These are both really I'm surprised. These are both really good shows that you should watch. Okay. Calling it good is not a word but it is like it was a very good serial watch type thing i can imagine it kind of seems like i've always seen a couple episodes of pretty little liars but just kind of like teen drama also they've got some good references as far as like music in my opinion and like literature and actually even art okay like there's there's a point where um like two of them are going to like a cindy sherman exhibit and Cindy Sherman was like an artist I really appreciated when I was in college. So I think they ju- they just hit some whoever was like involved in it. Yeah. Also, like in one episode, Sonic Youth is in it. <laughs> OK. Like it's ridiculous and it's not good, but I'm I was entertained watching it. I mean, hey, we all need show like it was a show's entertaining. That's all it needs to be, really. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I almost finished fresh off the boat. In like mm-hmm. three weeks, <laughs> I'm on season six now, which is the last one. It's okay. just a good show. It's an easy watch. I've actually never seen it. I love Constance Wu. Mm-hmm. She was the lead in Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she plays uh, the mom in the show. 
the whole premise of the show is like this uh, young Asian family moves down to Orlando so the dad can start a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And so it's like being the only Asian family in Orlando, which is a very white city. Okay, kind yeah. kind of just like adjustment pains and then the comedy cross-cultural. I don't know. It's fun. It's in the 90s, too, which I appreciate. It's a good show. Like, I'd say it's a good background noise show, but there's a lot of subtitles in the episodes because mm-hmm. like, the grandma, she only speaks Mandarin. So, like, mm-hmm. you, oh, I love the grandma, too, because she's obsessed with Garfield. Oh, yeah. I've heard I've heard good things about the show from anybody I know who's watched it. It's a good comfort show. Like, I okay. watched an entire season flat on my back while I was just sick. Like, okay. And it was just like, this is nice, easy, and funny. Very quick writing. Okay. I'll add it to my queue. Although, up next, I think, is definitely The Crown, which I've been watching, but I think I need to skip ahead to season four and then go back and watch. I've been hearing there's like a lot of like drama with it. Like the royal family is like, can you please put a disclaimer saying this is false or like fictionalized? I can understand that. I've only seen like Trixie and Katya watching The Crown, mm-hmm. which got me a little bit interested, but not interested enough to actually watch it. Yeah, it's not my my. Re- I think when season four came out, that's when my interest got peaked. Yeah, because Diana. Yeah, I'm a little more curious about that. That is a whole very interesting situation. That's like one of the historical events that like I vaguely remember from growing up. Because what year did that happen? Um, like 97, right? I was going to say late 90s for sure. I don't know the up. exact year. 97 does sound... I want to say like 97, 98. I just remember like seeing the tunnel and the limousine on the TV a lot. I didn't really quite understand. September 6, 1997. Boom. I remember the year. All right. You did. It was one of the things I just remember being a big deal, but not exactly knowing why, because I was pretty young at the time. I remember it being a big deal because I remember knowing who she was previous to it happening, but not beyond like her title. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the earliest like event I remember happening. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I can remember like interesting name anything earlier that's interesting i'm trying to think what i remember i don't actually remember seeing this but the earliest thing that like kind of shaped me in a weird way i know was at one point in the 80s they discovered rings around jupiter oh yeah yeah yeah. and it was like a big deal because you know space and then from then on i was always obsessed with the planet jupiter Uh like not space in general that was not anything big to me, but anytime Jupiter would come up, I would like gravitate towards it and talk about it at nauseum. And my mom thinks it's because the, the rings were discovered when I was probably like watching TV and a, a young child. Nice. Were you a sailor or moon hoe? Um, we yes, about in high school. Yes, we okay, have. I love <laughs> Sailor Moon. Um mm-hmm. Were you going to say something about Sailor Jupiter? Jupiter? <laughs> that was just the one I remember, like, that sparked my mind. I haven't gone back and watched the originals in a long time, but I remember watching the Abridged series, which is just, like, a fan-made series where they, like, dubbed over the episodes and just, like, like cut a lot of the stuff. So, like, they cut episodes down to, like, ten minutes and just, like, really ridiculous and funny dub, and I always love those. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I've never seen that, because I did watch the original series. I was a fan. I wasn't like overly aggressive about it, but I did have some like rare mo- like <sighs> there was like a movie series where they were hard to get at one point. I don't think they are. Yeah, anymore. I remember renting and one. And I had one of them. Uh-huh. And I remember that being like a big. I think it was like Sailor Moon S or something. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. No, I definitely remember that too. I remember renting that from the video store. Mm-hmm. Um I could not tell you what any of them were about other than she loved um, Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was a solid show back in the day. That and like Pokemon. You, were you into Pokemon? Mm-mm, I was too okay. old. I, like, I was, was definitely like just a bit too old where it would have been weird for me to like it at the time. That's what I was going to say. Like I was like, I feel like you were probably like right at the cusp. Um, yeah oh yeah no there's people within a few years of me that were like 
super into it and I get, that's fine. But no, yeah. I was. Yeah, it's one of those things where you had to be around at the right, like the right time to get into it. I like it's something I could like fell out of for the most part. The games, they're fun, but I like they require a lot of grinding. I don't know if you know, like if you heard that term in video games. No, it's just kind of like you have to like keep doing repetitive tasks to like level oh, okay. up. So like in Pokemon, you have to keep like fighting wild Pokemon to make your Pokemon stronger. It's basically dog fighting for kids, as I've mm-hmm. like recently heard it described. I'm like, shit. I mean, I did do the whole Pokemon Go thing a little bit. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting summer. Yeah, I'm always interested to try and like I did that and I did the Harry po- the Wizards. Oh, one I forgot about the Wizards later. one. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> this is how eh. attentive I was. Uh, but yeah, I always try like those things just because I want to know, just it's even from like just... a social standpoint of like what people are doing. Right, like it's free and it's a fad. Why not? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did like the. I had I had some decent Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> my pokemon go sometimes i think about re-downloading it but i i've been thinking about that too lately and then i just i don't i'm like uh it's i'm not going I'm anywhere fine. right it's too cold now we got snow today no when ricky was sticking me he's like oh man there's a pokemon stop right by your house i'm like cool <laughs> <laughs> you can collect all the things you need mm-hmm. gotta uh, catch them all exactly <laughs> well shall we get into our story for today we should. Are you still finding interesting? I'm just drinking my probiotic tea. Ooh, yum. Out of my fun mug. I love this mug. I do have a little red wine, mostly because I I remember my eyeball glass, and I wanted to use my little eyeball. I mean, I can put whatever in here, yeah. but little little cup of, uh, of vino sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I am beyond ready. I'm excited to hear. Well, we're about to take you underground. Ooh. Because we are talking about the Detroit Windsor Tunnel today. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I saw um, a free press article, or maybe it was news, Detroit News article pop up recently about the construction of it. And I was like, because I've always wondered, how do they build underwater tunnels? It's always kind of like mm-hmm. blow my mind. Yeah. And I have answers today. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, because they've talked about doing, like, longer international ones, and that terrifies me. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, that one, I'm like, okay, I can see the distance. It's just under a mile. Like the Yeah, the, no, that one's not. That one's not as I scary. mean, it's still a little freaky, but yeah, that's yeah. not terrifying. It's it's actually a bigger deal than I thought it was, because it's the only underwater international vehicular tunnel in the world. Oh, that's interesting, because I said that about going internationally, and then I was like, oh, this one is technically international. Yeah, I like didn't know it was the only, because I thought the channel, like the English Channel Tunnel, was car traffic, but it's only train. Oh, which makes sense, because that's higher speed. Yeah. So yeah, it's the only underwater international vehicular tunnel in the world. Weird. And it's the second busiest crossing between the U.S. and Canada. Can you guess the first? Okay. I'm going to guess the Ambassador Bridge. That is correct. Okay. Which I remember, like, when I was doing this, and like, is she a bridge? We know her. She's been done. Like, <laughs> bridge isn't that interesting. Like, we know uh, her. I mean, it is, but it's like, this is an underwater tunnel for cars. It has a weird history, though. Okay. The bridge. But she ain't shit today. We're talking about the tunnel. <laughs> that Oh, this really, no, this is all tunnel. All tunnel. All tunnel. All tunnel. So, tunnel vision. Yes, we've got our tunnel vision <laughs> on the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Before this, in the Ambassador Bridge, which was completed a year earlier than the tunnel, all crossings had to be done via ferries, which I can understand being a pain in the ass because it's not that far of a distance. And like, ferries are kind of a pain in the ass. Have you ever been on a ferry? Oh, yeah. Like with a car? Um, A couple times. It's like, it's a long process. It's weird. Yeah. And like, actually, I said a couple times, I think I've only been on one with a car like once. And I was I've never driving. actually driven a car onto a ferry, but like, on some of like the tours I've done, like, the bus will like hop on a ferry and then like, we'll go upstairs and 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a weird small mall. Like, where they have like a duty free shop because you're in international oh. waters and then like a food court. No, the one I was on was just to put in bay and <laughs> we just drove on, got out of the car, sat in like, it looked like one of those like tourist boats upstairs. Like, there wasn't really much in it. Like, I think you could buy yeah. a bag of chips or something. It kind of depends on the length of the ride because I went yeah. on those kind too, but like, yeah, they're just weird. And it, I just for that short of a distance, I don't think they make sense. So I understand why they're like, yeah. let's build things other than this. Did it say that they were those types of ferries, like the ones that took cars? No, because cars weren't around yet. This was like the 1800s. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. So those aren't as bad though. That's true, I guess. Because you just walk, I mean, like you have to stand in a line, but then you walk on a boat and it goes and then you get off the boat. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of fun. Yeah. I guess if it's not, if you're not bringing much stuff, a ferry is not a bad choice, but yeah. for cars, no way. Fair. Couldn't possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wrote, there's gotta be a better way. So as early as the early 1800s, Detroiters were asking for both a bridge and a tunnel for rail transportation across the river. But mm-hmm. as per usual with the city, the industry that would be affected got organized against it. So this time it was the marine shipping industry. That blocked any projects for most of the 1800s. Because they were like, okay, wait a second, you're gonna cut into our profits? How dare you? Mm hmm. Jerks. 1871, however, the first attempt at a tunnel was started. Ground was broken for the rail tunnel project. They started at the foot of St. Antoine Street with a 15 foot bore tunnel. So I think that means it was like 15 feet diameter. Mm hmm. And that was 135 feet underneath the river. So they started this, and this tunnel would be quickly abandoned after they hit a pocket of sulfurous gas, which made them deathly sick and can only imagine probably stank like ass. Oh, no. Yeah. That is awful. Yeah. So didn't stop the tunnel dream, though, because in 1879, another tunnel was planned to connect Gross Eel to Canada. Okay. Which I, like, have... I'd, like... I had to Google Gross Eel because I was like, where is that? It's like Downriver. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like didn't really know what it was until I Googled it. I'm like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. It maybe looks a little closer than just like going straight from Detroit to Windsor. So like the plan was like Gross Eel had already been connected to the mainland with a bridge from the Michigan Central Railroad. And construction mm-hmm. started but didn't get far because of unexpected limestone formations caused expenses to soar. And ultimately, the project was abandoned. Oh. So about 12 years later, the Grand Trunk Railroad Tunnel would open, connecting under the St. Clair River at Port Huron. This caused a stir amongst Detroit businessmen who thought that shipping routes would be rerouted to Port Huron instead of Detroit. So now the tunnel sounded like a great idea. Interesting. Things take a turn. Yeah. So in 1910, the Michigan Central Railway Tunnel would open and it's still open today, but who cares? It's for trains. <laughs> I literally put that in my notes. I'm like, who cares? As much as I would love trains, I don't mm-hmm. care about the commercial ones as much. They're not as exciting for me. So it was just commercial, it was not? I don't think for it was travel? passenger. I'm pretty sure it's just okay. commercial. Okay. Not positive. Don't quote me on that. So after World War I happened and the automotive industry really started to take off, this was also when interest in the Detroit Tunnel started to grow as well. Okay. So in 1919, the mayors of Detroit and Windsor, James Cousins and E. Blake Winter, respectively, proposed a new tunnel, but not for rail. They wanted to make an automobile and streetcar tunnel and make it a memorial to those lost in the war. Hmm. So... Patriots were like, fuck yeah, let's build that memorial tunnel. But unfortunately, the Ambassador Bridge was already being planned at this time, and they were like, not on today, we're doing this bridge thing. And so there was some bureaucratic bickering and whatnot, but I wrote, the tunnel stands would not give up, though. (laughs) One stand by the name of Fred W. Martin was also a Salvation Army captain, which I don't know what that means. Um... I don't know either. Yeah. We're just going to leave that there. Just going to leave that there. Walk yeah. away. Okay. He was from Windsor and he was quoted in a Detroit news article saying he was, quote, 
inspired by God to have this tunnel built. So take that bridge, bitches. God is pro-tunnel. Yeah, that's a weird thing he said. Yeah. So he went to New York to find an architecture engineering firm to take on the project, saying, quote, It would probably be six dozen Sundays or more before the politicians would agree on anything. So how about taking a flyer on this as a private project? So one firm was up for the challenge. Parsons, Clapp, Bricknerhoff, and Douglas. I love how they all have to have their names on that sign. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you can't just pick a name, like... Mm-mm. Make it easy. Like Jumpin' Beans Architecture? Yeah. I don't know. If you had an architecture firm, what would you call it? Um, erect Architecture? Oh. <laughs> I would just call it, we build stuff. We build stuff. That's good, Ink. too. <laughs> or, like, well-built... Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Better built. Ooh, even better. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, you know, what? I'm going to call them better built from now on. Okay. I'm not going to mention them by name anymore, so it doesn't matter. But in my head, they're better <laughs> built now. Fair. So, better built agreed to design the tunnel and figure out the cost. And once they had that, the project was able to secure backers in the form of bankers from Detroit, New York, and Chicago. A consulting engineer by the name of Russell Armstrong Sr. was brought on to do the surveying and get the land titles, and he was quoted about this time saying, It was a very challenging time. The Ambassador Bridge was going up just before the tunnel started, and there was sort of a race to see who would finish first. The bridge won, but I still like the tunnel better. Okay. I was like, I would fucking hope so, considering you worked on the tunnel. Yeah. Sir. It's also awkward, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird quote. I'm like, I have to use this. This is so weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. But I feel like it'd be better just to be like, yeah, they're going to finish first and we're both going to have a fine product. Yeah. Ways to travel. Isn't that cool? Right. I mean, those tunnel stands, though, what are you going to do? <laughs> So construction started in 1928 on both sides, and along with a tunnel, tunnel, along with a tunnel, 25 buildings for things like customs and immigration offices had to be built as well. 25 extra buildings. Can you imagine? Whoa, that's yeah, a lot. Is, yeah. Wait, and that's just on one side? I think it was between the two sides. Oh, both like, sides. Okay, but so still. it was a tunnel and 25 buildings. That's a lot. Yeah. So, the tunnel was constructed using similar methods to the Posey Tube, which was constructed earlier between Oakland and Alameda, California. Alameda? Yeah. Yeah. That one. (laughs) Sorry. You're good. Um, Only because I was... Yeah. Like, yeah. No, please. Correct me on city pronunciations in California, because (laughs) my knowledge is limited. I could be wrong, too. Maybe I just said it wrong the whole time. I'm probably wrong. Alameda sounds right, though. So, what they did is they took sections of steel tube and floated them into place and then sank them into the trench that had been dug in the river bottom. Yeah. That's, there's water. (laughs) I know. This is what I don't understand. So, like, there are nine sections in total, each 250 feet long and weighed 8,000 tons. Once laid, divers would go down and bolt them together and cement the joints. (laughs) Mm, uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and like this is like the 1920s, so like you know they're like the big like clunky diver suits that you see at like fishing or like that look like a spacesuit. Yeah, like at fish Except restaurants. Orange. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jacques so, Cousteau. Exactly. So each tunnel section had three main layers. The bottom layer brought in the fresh air. The middle layer was where the traffic was. And the top layer was where the exhaust was then vented at either end of the tunnel. So that's also what I wondered is like, how was there enough fresh air? Like, how do mm-hmm. people not die in this tunnel? Well, yeah. It's just cars because cars got exhaust, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's how. Okay. That is interesting. Yeah. Especially, again, 1928, like, trying to figure all this out. Yeah. It's dark-sided. I don't understand it. But (laughs) 
once the tunnel was connected to the board tunnels on both sides, they like dug tunnels like mm-hmm. on each, both sides. Uh, it was covered in four to 20 feet of mud. Quite the range. Wow. Yeah. And like because it's not anchored or anything, there's there, that section of the river like boats can't anchor down or like drop anything because the tunnel's there, which. Oh, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I'd hope so. Yeah. Um, so completed, it was just under a mile long and rests about 75 feet below the river's surface. Weird. Yeah. It was also the third automotive tunnel completed to the U.S. at the time, the other two being the Holland Tunnel between Jersey and Manhattan and the Posey mm-hmm. Tube, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The dedication ceremony was on November 1st, 1930, which means the tunnel just turned ni- just turned 90, so happy birthday tunnel. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday tunnel. I guess like a month ago now, but still. Okay. Happy unbirthday tunnel. Yeah, exactly. You're timeless. <laughs> Another weird thing, President Herbert Hoover somehow had a golden button in the White House that, when pressed, started ringing bells on both sides of the tunnel. What? Yeah. Why? I literally put, but why, though? I don't understand, but I'm like, what is this level of fanfare for this tunnel? Like I said, it's a bigger deal than we all thought it was. Maybe because it's international? That's what I thought, too, but I'm also like, who took the time to ring up this damn button? Yeah, my, mm, but maybe if, like, something happened, then America could, like, alert Canada. Or, I don't know. I wonder if this button still exists. <gasps> Me too. I'm going to write a letter to Joe Biden and say, Dear, dear President-elect <laughs> Joe Biden, when you get in that White House, find that golden button. Let me know. Can you just ring it? We just want to see what happens. Exactly. Just tell me beforehand. That's where the hum comes from. Someone just is sitting on the button and the, the speakers are worn out, so it's just a hum. Yeah. We have solved the Detroit hum. <laughs> the first person to drive through the tunnel like to test it was Joseph Cicado, who was a construction worker. He drove his cement truck from Windsor to Detroit and then back to Windsor again as a test drive. And he was quoted saying, here's another weird quote. I love the weird quotes in the story. <laughs> On that Saturday, when I was the first guy to drive back and forth, I was a VIP for about six hours. There was beer and champagne and fried chicken. I must have shook hands a hundred times. And maybe I got a little drunk, but it was a special day. (laughs) Like. That is really special. Right? (laughs) Just A plus for these quotes. Yeah. Um. Um. Just citing that source of that Detroit News article. I like that he also mentioned there was chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like that's there was the only beer other thing. and champagne and fried chicken. <laughs> Just listing the menu. Uh, it's okay. Yep. Great. <laughs> uh, the first official car through the tunnel was a 1929 Studebaker touring car. Ooh, Studebaker. Oh, yeah. You know, the Studebakers. Ooh. Yeah. Except for we don't because they don't exist anymore. No, R&D. they don't. But I do love that name. Like it right? is one of my favorite car maker names. Right. Can you imagine if they still exist? They're like, oh yeah, I've got a Studebaker. Cha- uh, it was like trying to do the thing where I just look around the room and find a car name, and there wasn't going to be a Studebaker chair. How about a Studebaker chariot? There we go. Yeah. My good old Studebaker chariot. My Studebaker CS6000i. Oh. That's the model number on my sewing machine. It's behind my computer. (laughs) Sounds good. Good sewing machine. Recommend if anyone's looking for one. Good to know. I need to possibly sell my sewing machine. That's another story. I mean, also good to know if anyone's looking for a sewing machine. DM Jess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seriously. It's a good one, too. I didn't know how good until I looked it up. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the entire project cost somewhere between 23 and 25 million. One article in the Wikipedia article said 25, but then I think the the actual like tunnel website said 23. Either way, it was about a 309 million today. Oh which my like gosh. sounds like a lot, but I'm also like I've heard of projects that are a lot less complex taking less money. Or more yeah, money. I mean, it is a tunnel. Yeah underwater like there there's a lot that goes into that yeah 
so construction took 26 months to complete, which was somehow 10 months ahead of schedule. What? Uh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Right. That is, uh, usually things take longer. I'm not sure how they finish yeah. it sooner. Maybe they just expected more issues and it went really smoothly. Yeah, Again, or they really, the, the bridge really pushed them along. Yeah. So originally it was paved with 2 million granite blocks, but in 1977 it was paved with asphalt. Mm. Um, apparently they are storing the granite blocks at the Fort Wayne Historical Museum, which like I understand keeping a couple, but like it sounds like they kept all 2 million and I'm like, why? What are you going to do with those? They're just sitting there? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Also about uh, 250,000 tiles were used on the walls of the tunnel. That's a lot of tiles. Yeah. These just some more fun facts I have now. The air in the tunnel is changed completely every 90 seconds, and this is accomplished by 1.5 million cubic feet of air being pumped through the tunnel every minute. Wow. Right? Wow, wow. That's insane. Literally, I was like starting to research this topic and I'm like, is there going to be enough? I'm like, there's just so much weird, interesting stuff. And I'm like, really glad I did it because like, yeah. um, learning a lot. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. But necessary. So it makes sense. Oh, but I'm sure. also like. Yeah. Um, there's a plaque from the International Boundaries Commission in the tunnel marking the divide between the U.S. and Canada. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About 13,000 vehicles use the tunnel every day. Really? Wow. Yeah. Motorcycles are not allowed in the tunnel. That oh, seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. A special rescue vehicle was created when it opened in 1930 in case of a car breaking down. Uh, the vehicle had two drivers facing opposite directions. So basically, like, one driver would drive in hook it up uh-huh. and then the driver that was facing the other way would take over drive and out. drive it out yeah so that was wow. kind of interesting yeah. yeah it was also equipped with a fire hose and chemical extinguishers in case of emergencies makes sense yeah uh in the 60s uh cklw am 800 a windsor radio station was able to engineer a wiring setup to be able to broadcast clearly to cars in the tunnel and I'm not sure what happened to them, but now it's Detroit Station, WJR AM 760. Oh, okay. And that's pretty much all I have. But, oh, uh, I'm going to send okay. my sources real quick. I mm-hmm. already mentioned the Detroit News article, which I do recommend. They had some really cool pictures of the construction process and, like, just historical pictures. If you're interested, go look it up. Maybe we'll post the article. We can, our, I was yeah, going to we'll say, post we can article. post a link to the article, yeah. Yeah, Wikipedia, and also the Detroit Windsor Tunnel website. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Thanks for taking us down underground. Yeah, an interesting little journey. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. Just under it. a mile. Yeah. <laughs> I have... Uh, I don't know if I've actually ever been through the tunnel. I was trying to figure that out while you're talking. I was trying to think about too, and I'm like, I don't know if I have either. I definitely saw it because like I worked to the Rensen for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I've like biked by it or walked by it or you know whatever. But I don't think I've ever. I think I've always gone over the um, bridge, unless I took a bus to Canada once. I don't know if that took the tunnel or the bridge, and now I can't remember. It might have been the tunnel. Yeah, actually, I, was I think it was it the too. tunnel. Yeah, because I remember I did a couple of field trips to Canada when I was in school, um, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. This is only like three years ago, and I should remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is a city bus. Uh, I took it's the like some ones, things you don't think about. I don't. Though. Mm-hmm. I think it was the also, tunnel though, because I remember being like, "Oh, I haven't been this way." And then on the other side, there was like a place we had to stop. Yeah. Like as soon as we made it through, we had to stop and that's where I had to show like my passport. Yeah, it, it seems like a weird cuz it, it again, it's international. It's like interesting. Mm-hmm. 
to think of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's secure because you can't like exactly break into it and sneak in the like you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and right now Um, you can't cross it. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, some people can, but you have to have a good reason. Yeah, unfortunately, I do not have enough good reasons to get to Canada right now. I know. I know. (sighs) I haven't been to Canada enough. This Uh, year has made me realize. I don't go to Canada enough, considering um, it's a mile away. Right there. Right. Um, I've decided that one of the places I want to go when the world opens back up is Montreal. Ooh, yeah, I've heard very good things. I really want to go to Vancouver. I've heard good things about Vancouver, too. I have a gut feeling I would love Vancouver. I could see that for you. I Yeah. Me, too. It's a big production (laughs) town. Yeah. But thank you for that. No problem. Our international journeys, which actually, I have a two truths and a lie that takes us on a little bit of an international journey. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Are you ready for one? Yes. Okay, well, first of all, it came from our favorite two truths and a lie website, Mental Floss. Yep, of course. I'm just going to put it out there that that's probably the most used one. Oh, definitely. Uh, they got them listicles. And this one is about something you might, you might, you probably are going to nail this because I know this is something that you hold near and dear. And this one is about uh, British Bake Off. Oh, I love the British Bake Off. Yeah. I just watched the final episode of the season. We won't, we won't, won't say don't anything. Don't say anything. I haven't watched oh, it I won't. yet. Ugh. I just, I cried. Maybe I'll watch um, that tonight because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I hadn't watched the last two episodes. And I watched them while, uh, earlier today, and I, was, I got all teary because it was so sweet. But it's also oh. weird because they couldn't have their friends and family come to the big party because, oh yeah, because the COVID. They had like the production people, so they still had like people. people. But that's nice. Yeah, uh, but it's oh. very. That's it's a very definitely sweet what I'm about show. to do after this is go watch yeah. that. I was waiting yeah, to watch it with TJ, but then he had a long way at the airport. He's like, do you mind if I watch it? I'm like, no, go ahead. Yeah, no. You can rewatch it together. Exactly. Yeah. Or there'll be more. There'll be more eventually. Yeah. So, Oh, definitely. Be the fun. holiday yeah. ones are going up. I love the holiday ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, are you ready? I am. Okay. Fact number one. The reason it isn't called the Great British Bake Off in the U.S. can be blamed on Pillsbury. Mm-hmm. Fact number two. Every time an oven opens, regardless of the reason, it must be caught on camera. Okay. Uh, fact number three. Paula Hollywood has a unique way of passing the time. He binge watches Netflix series The Crown. Um, I'm going to say that three is a lie because I know the first two are true. Yeah, I figured you would, but I just wanted to talk about British Bake Off. Damn you, Pillsbury. Yeah, so basically, uh, just to go through the first two really quick, and then I'll tell you why it's a lie, is Pillsbury had something called the Pillsbury Bake Off, which kicked off in 1949, and the company didn't want there to be any confusion amongst viewers, so the great British baking show. Once televised, what I've never heard of. People aren't going to be confused. I have heard of the Pillsbury Bake Off, but it was just like a magazine thing. Like it would happen and they all had, I think people had to use Pillsbury products or something like that. And then like mm-hmm. your, your recipe might get published. I want to say Nobody it was like cares about your pigs in a blanket, Barbara. Exactly. Exactly. They're delicious, but I don't need a magazine article about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second one uh, is also true. So basically whether they are just checking on something, taking something out, uh, really even putting something in every moment has to be caught on camera that the oven opens because you never know when the drama is going to happen because anything can happen in those moments. Uh, but yeah, regardless of reason, they have to show it. So they all have to like run and get a producer every time they need to open the oven, which like sucks when there's a yeah. full tent. Uh, also, like, I can mess your makeup. Like you got to like oh, bake in a sure. new way. Um, the third one though, and I knew better than to make this the lie, but it was really fun to twist this one is actually that Mary Berry has a unique way of passing the time by binge watching Breaking Bad. And oh, love that for her. <laughs> she said, quote, it's shocking. 
then you get into it and you think, have I seen episode four or five? You get hooked. Uh, what a queen. I do miss her. I love, I do like Prue though. Yeah. Yeah. Like it definitely um, took me like a season or two of mourning to like accept the new people. It's but. hard when it changes like that, but also like it usually happens for a good reason. Rumor has it they got rid of Null. They got what? They got <gasps> rid of Null. I don't know if it's okay, true or not, but I saw time. some rumors. I will have a hard time actually. Yeah. That'd be awful. But again, like stuff happens. Right. As long as they're all okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, just a couple other quick things. So the application for the show is actually eight pages long. And you have to answer stuff about your hobbies, lifestyle, level experience, various types of baked goods. You have to describe your baking style. Also answer a couple of existential sounding questions. Love that. This is also followed by a 45 minute telephone call with a researcher and then you also bring two bakes to an audition in London, a screen test, an interview with a producer. If you get through that, there's a second audition, baking two recipes in front of cameras, an interview with the show psychologist to make sure that you can cope with being filled for up to 16 hours a day. Yeah, it is a lot because like that first day is going to oh, be yeah. a long one because they do two bakes. Yeah, yeah. Also baking in a tent. I like get that it's like quaint and charming, but also like. It's the so weather's mean always when terrible. Ice cream challenges, like don't do ice cream challenges. Then just don't it's do them. Always terrible. Like always, always, always on that show. It's they're always like, finding something. That's what got Lottie, and I loved Lottie. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I mean, I, it's just an extra part of the challenge. I think. Yeah. It's I okay. get it, but I'm also like, yeah. no, that's sad. There is actually, though, too, because sometimes um, the technical challenges are very, very hard, which, by the way, there is a girl on TikTok baking her way through. I don't know if you've come across her yet, but she's doing all the technical challenges. Oh, I love that. It's pretty fun to watch, and it makes me want to cook some or bake some of them, even though they look That one, like the Sussex Pond pudding, where it was just like, it was like pastry made out of like animal liver fat, and then... um. Inside was like a whole fucking lemon, butter, and sugar. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prue yeah. was like, oh, I love this dessert. And everyone's like, the fuck is this? <laughs> I want to make that uh, matcha one, though. The matcha pancake. Oh, the matcha The one pancake? that they all yeah. hated making. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds delicious. I love matcha. Me too. And it looked pretty, too. I was like, should I make that for my birthday? <laughs> do it i might i don't know that would be like a whole thing and i'm not baking is not my for i like baking and i can do some of it sometimes but when it comes to like the more technical baking like i made a pumpkin pie the other day and i tried a recipe for the crust that i've never like a new recipe and i forgot to chill the water for the crust so Uh It didn't turn out because that's what I'm I'm bad at, like the the science of the baking. Like I will always not do that part well. Yeah. It's kind of fun to try though. Like I like it can be. That's like I've started been baking more lately and just kind of like pushing myself to try new things. Like I made puff pastry for the first time this year. Oh, nice. It didn't turn out great. It turned out fine. It was like okay, but like Mm-hmm. I think could have been better, but it was like, well, at least I know. And like, yeah, not sure. I'll, I think I'd like to try it again, but it also it's a whole box of butter. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with most any pastry really is it's just butter and flour and butter and flour and butter and flour. Yeah, it's just the like temperatures and things that begin to matter more. I feel like I don't know. I do have a really easy, delicious pie recipe, pie crust recipe for my mom that I will share with you. You should. Because it doesn't require any kind of like nonsense of chilling or like you just throw it all in the thing and mix it together. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've only made a couple pie crusts and I haven't found the one that I'm in love with yet. But to avoid all of this on the show, there's actually a food researcher who has to make sure it's impossible. It is possible for them to actually make the food 
that the judges have decided. So the judges do actually pick like what they're going to make. But then this yeah. food researcher basically, I think, has to make it to be like, can a human make, make this on yeah. this show in this amount of time? Uh, yeah. Which is an interesting, interesting position. Time. Yeah. That's basically all I got today. Nice. I'm glad you did Bake Off because it's one of my favorite shows. It, yeah, I enjoyed my my little lunch break for myself today when I remembered I had those. Nice. Well, actually, I watched one last night, except for I didn't watch the last five minutes, so I didn't know who won it. Uh, <laughs> I fell asleep, and I so I had to watch that. And then I when I realized the the finale was on, I was like, "Well, now I'm going to watch this too." Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think, I think that, though. That wraps. Yeah, I think us. we're wrapped. So if you want to follow us on our social medias, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange, just Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, uh, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we would love it if you support the show. We love that you're listening. First of all, that's the number one way to support. Then also, if you can uh, subscribe, rate, review, or pass us on to a friend, another great yep. way to support. Or we've also got our Patreon or our Threadless shop. All great ways mm-hmm. to support the show. We'd love and appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, and I think other than that. Until next until time. Until next time. Stay. Stay strange. <laughs> strange. <laughs> That'll be fun to edit together. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to try it again? No. Uh, no. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sax and Violence.